0: Welcome to the O Shift for Teens podcast, a show where I team up with a thought leader and we discuss a new topic question that will help you better understand your teens. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co author of O Shift for Teens and its accompanying workshop kit and curriculum. This super easy to facilitate life changing material is being used by folks just like you throughout the United States and beyond. Head to oshift.com and choose one of the many ways you can become involved in this worldwide movement. Well, happy new year to you. The uh, first of the year is coming up. Hopefully you have uh, thoughts for this coming year and how you can make it truly spectacular. Uh, one exciting announcement that I have for you is that Jennifer Powers and I are finally heeding the request. Uh, we've had many people ask if we speak directly to teens. In the past, we've said no, we speak to adults that work with teens, but we've given in to the uh, inevitability that we need to be doing more speaking directly to teens and we've already done several conferences and trainings to do that uh, if you have a special event coming up where you need uh, some amazing speakers well you can uh, contact me at mark at and we'll have a conversation how you can uh, make your special event your training your conference the best one ever and one that uh, teens and adults will be talking about for a very long time and I have a, another special announcement. I spoke on a previous podcast about a partnership that I was forming with Keith Senzer. He's a professional speaker out of New York and a good buddy of mine. Our partnership has come to fruition, and we have formed 21st Century Youth, and you'll be hearing more about that. We're now working on the website. But our first big event will be a camp, a youth empowerment camp that we will be running In August, and that'll probably be in northeastern Pennsylvania, we're working out the details now and hope to have our website up and running by the 1st of February. So stay tuned for more of that. Um, Our motto is, be the leader of your own life, uh, giving kids the character development they need to be the leader of their own life. Well, I had a really great conversation a little while ago with another New York native, Dr. Mark Bertrand, this is a gentleman that I've been in contact with for some time following the amazing work that he's doing uh, there in New York, and uh, we had a great conversation, and the topic was, should teens hold a job when they're attending high school? Uh, I was really interested to hear uh, Dr. Bertrand's insights in this, and uh, I think that you will be too, so stay tuned, and let's hear that conversation right now.
1: My guest today is Dr. Mark Bertrand. Dr. Bertrand is the founder and executive consultant at the Bertrand Education Group and is a proven leader in the education field, previously as a teacher and administrator, and is certified in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. He has multiple publications and has used his influence to raise thousands of dollars to support children around the world. His work with the Bertrand Education Group entails philanthropic partnerships, college articulations, school redesign and mentorships dr. Bertrand how are you sir
2: oh I am great mr. Tucker thank you so much (laughs) for having me it's a true honor really excited about this opportunity
1: now just just for my listeners out there dr. Bertrand and I we've been uh, communicating via LinkedIn for some time and I, I, I think we discovered each other about three years ago and the work that you've been doing has been fascinating
2: Thank you. But equally as impressive, I've been monitoring your work as well, which lent this opportunity for our synergies to build upon, Given your work with teens across various platforms and sectors was a great complement to what I do as well in education from K through post-secondary education. And I think this lends itself for us to have this very candid conversation, and I'm just glad that we connected via LinkedIn and hopefully many more opportunities to come thereafter.
1: Absolutely, and you know, um, w- one thing that I've been following with you is leadership seems to be a really uh, f- big theme for you. And I'll get to our topic question in a moment. But how, and, uh, real quick, how long have you been doing the Bertrand Education Group, and what what's sort of the motivation to get started with that?
2: Well, well, good question. Good question. (laughs) I've been doing it for the last four years, and what started it was when I was doing my dissertation research, and I studied over 5,000 different students in terms of how we can improve their academic performance, despite their economic, social, and or emotional backgrounds that these students themselves Can be successful if they have the right resources, mentorship, and environment with innovation that can ensure their growth. So, then when I saw that this was a possibility and the program that I put in place had augmented that growth, where we became acknowledged by the New York State Education Department as an exemplary institution with my former employer, and it continued years afterwards where the upward growth was just tremendous, I said, wait a minute. I could branch off on my own and do this and possibly be quite successful at it with a team of people, consortium, who understands that the student needs, not just the academics but the cultural aspects of it all, and take this to a national platform, training superintendents, consulting with school principals, mentoring youths, and things of that nature so that they, too, could have that exposure and opportunity for growth just like I was provided with. And that's what started as an ideology and has grown since then. And I'm just very, very ecstatic about it, Mark. I cannot emphasize that enough.
1: You know, Doc, when I was teaching high school, um, it felt like New York had sort of a reputation as being a bit of a leader in the education field. And of course, that was that was a decade ago. Uh, has, it been, ha, has this been sort of confined to New York, or are you finding that there's inroads in, in other states?
2: I definitely find that there are inroads in other states as well. It's just the thought of, are those particular individuals involved in a process receptive to that? If they are receptive to these types of of collaborative opportunities for leadership growth for their schools and students, and not just your basic premise of standardized assessments, but it takes more than that, a comprehensive approach to learning, inclusive of going outside of the classroom, to your point about that youth mentorship, as well as one-to-one opportunities with parents and students and teenagers so that they have an outlet But yet they know that school is a big part of life, but it's not everything, because you don't want to take yourself so seriously. And that's why I apply to the BEG approach. And that's the same message I try to convey to clients and school districts when I meet with them who are interested in our services.
1: I think that's a great segue. You say school isn't uh, the only thing going on for kids. It's a great segue to uh, what we're going to talk about today, and so uh, for my listeners, you all know that what I do with my guests is I send them a list of potential topic questions, and um, and it's it's a fun way to do things because it lets you kind of pick uh, something that you're interested in. Doctor Bertrand, you chose should teens work a job in high school? Uh, I like this topic. It's it's different than anything we've had before, but I think it's 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 something that a lot of parents. And teen advocates are really going to be interested to hear what we have to say about that. What, what were you thinking when you chose that as a topic?
2: Well, you know what? To be honest with you, when you think about the current economic climate and social climate in terms of how teens interact with each other and being mindful and being close and monitoring political landscapes, emerging markets, what's going on with their neighboring countries, but just wondering where do they see him or herself five, ten years from now. And now that we're in a competitive landscape, whereas you need a multifaceted list of skill sets to be successful in life, and there are no guarantees anymore that just a high school diploma, a four-year college degree, postgraduate degree, or an advanced degree in any trade is going to ensure or guarantee success. So you need to position yourself early on with early exposure as to what can help you be that much more marketable, but something you enjoy doing that's fun. And I thought of this topic because when I was young, and that's what triggered it, said, you know what, let's tackle this topic because it's a current issue that needs to be discussed further.
1: You know, uh, this this is a really – that's really interesting what you said because wouldn't you say, Doc, that things – it feels like things have changed since we were kids. I mean, when, when I was in high school getting a job, I just wanted to. I, needed, I wanted money. You know, I wanted to be, uh, it, it was a, ga- it, well, and it was also a gateway True. to freedom, which is a teen I was yearning for. Um, but it, But it feels like there's sort of two aspects. One is kids seem more busy these days. But yeah. the second – and so, so a job seems maybe like a bigger chunk. But the second thing is what you just touched on is there's no guarantees anymore that just working hard is going to be your ticket to success. And so there's that basically skill building that a job might offer.
2: Right. You are absolutely right, Mark. And that's the main thing. And if you do not start early on in understanding – what your entrepreneurial talents may be within your trade per se, you're going to be selling yourself short. I'll use myself for an example. Sometimes people see me initially, they think guy was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, the association that he has. I tell people, you're so off track. You're totally wrong. I delivered groceries from home to home. I was working as a sophomore, junior, and senior in high school because I was getting ready for college. And I knew that I needed to de- develop a high level of independence, improve communication, understand different cultures and dynamics, but also start to s- develop an identity for myself as to what do I want to do in life? You know, all right, now I'm making a little money. I can take my date out, I can buy myself some nice shoes or what have you. But then my uncle pulled me aside and said, hey, listen, you're making a little money. Why don't you start thinking about building towards your future and start making sure that you're laying a foundation for yourself. So if you choose to get creative in any aspect in life, in the event your diploma, your degree does not work for you, you have something to fall back on that you enjoy doing. And if you think about it, that's the world we live in now. And it's not even about the the credentials as as much as also the connections that you make from early on, if that makes sense.
1: It absolutely does. And you make me think about – on the West Coast here, and I'm assuming it's this way in other parts of the country, but uh, especially here in Portland, we tend to, I don't know, overprotect our kids. We do things for them. And maybe that's the era of it. But one thing that that does is it denies them the ability to do things for themselves, which is the obvious thing. But the important thing about doing things for yourself is the confidence that comes with doing that and the experience. I, I think you were sort of touching on that when, with what you were talking about there. And that necessary independence that comes that you need when you go out on your own.
2: Correct. You are absolutely right, Mark. And I think the key word you said for me that resonates with me is the confidence. Let's think about it. Even as adults, how many times many people, colleagues, friends, even family we may know of, you can sense the lack of confidence within them. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, you know, because we're not here to judge. We're here to uplift and empower others. But you gain that confidence By early on experiences, it's embracing adversity, working, understanding life, responsibilities that come with that. So that way when you do come across a circumstance that you're not successful at or you may have considered that, hey, I failed, you're in a better position to handle that because you have that confidence that's been ingrained in you early on. So I unequivocally agree with you from that perspective as well as it teaches you discipline. So those are the yeah. two things that sticks with me, if that, would, if that makes sense to what you're
1: thinking. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Say more about discipline.
2: Well, with the discipline, I think it teaches a couple of things. For instance, it teaches time management. If you're working, you now know I have – during high school, that is – I have limited yeah. time for certain activities – So I have to be very responsible and disciplined with how I allocate my time. I have my schooling. I have my after-school work that's required to maintain an acceptable, if not high standards-based GPA. I now have chores that may be required at home. And I'm now employed. So when you're looking at that kind of schedule, you have to have some form of discipline. You can't just flow through it one item to the next and think that, all right, I'm going to wing it and get by. It doesn't work that way. What right. you're going to find happening is the rubber's going to hit the road where you're going to fall short in certain areas. But it's also good at that same time, if you're fortunate, that you can have these conversations with your parents or a mentor or your guardian or a teacher, whomever that may be. And say, hey, listen, can you help me out with this so I can better improve how I need to go about fulfilling my goals so I am better disciplined? And and in that aspect, it starts to build someone's confidence early on. And i got to tell you, that was the best experience for me, Mark, because by the time I got to college my first year, I worked at a law firm. I will never forget an attorney pulled me aside, John E. Blythe Esquire. Bless this man. He Hmm. identified where he saw my confidence, but he was also able to tell me where he saw I needed to grow because he wanted so much more for me. I wouldn't have been able to handle that kind of feedback had I not been exposed early on, had I not understood that there's more to life than what I'm doing. So you have to be disciplined and be receptive to the communication.
1: You know, I also think about, you know, you talked about confidence, but wouldn't you say, and this may be more for men but um, historically, but it's probably the case for boys and girls what you do it defines you you know what you accomplish in life it's what sort of defines who you are so the things that it's sort of the benchmarks that you can look back and say i did this other not everybody did this i did this right. an example is my son uh my oldest he had been working for his black belt well he had to Save money to pay for it because we knew that you know it was, it was kind of this year and a half long trail. It was going to be about six hundred dollars, uh, and it was kind of hard to make him pay for that. But you could see when it was happening, two things happening. First of all, it wasn't easy to achieve the black belt itself, and the second thing is there was this sort of a spark to him. About paying for it himself it meant more Hmm. it you know he he felt a sense of accomplishment that would have never been there had we just you know dropped the bills ourselves
2: right right and mark if I may chime into that that's a testament to you and your lovely wife in terms of that proper and nourishment that you've provided your child with because you're absolutely right he felt a sense of ownership Like, wait a minute, I did this, you know, I worked for it, I accomplished this, and that does wonders. That, what I call as a teachable moment, is going to serve as a catalyst for subsequent experiences similar to what you just articulated. So I absolutely agree that would not have occurred had he not had that early on exposure of working, being independent, building his confidence, and so forth. And not to mention, he's already now developed a resume early on too. So now he becomes that much more marketable and more attractive when he's even in college and graduates beyond if he chooses to go that path or even pursues an entrepreneurial route. He's already right. has a, a, a resume. So that's spot on, and that's the kind of message I try to convey to constituent groups is to expose them early on, and you guys are living proof of that
1: yeah let me let me ask you something doc sure. um one of the things that i think a lot of people feel is that teens and kids are busier these days than they used to be. There's a lot of distractions, but we've got them running around. There's sports. There's uh, schools are up in the ante for AP classes, so school has become more challenging. I mean, quite frankly, my 13 year old does more homework than I ever did in high school. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And so, yes, I believe
2: it. Yes.
1: And and so there's been a lot of emphasis on sort of academic performance. Do things earlier. Uh, do sports, you know, build your confidence, blah blah blah. So, with that backdrop, should we, as parents and teen advocates, should we sort of maybe? Um, Try to balance that. Maybe say, listen, maybe maybe not soccer this spring. Maybe it's time to get a job. Well, how, how do you compare the two? Should should, should we be uh, emphasizing all those sort of academic early accolades? What pays off the best when they're trying to move on to college or right. entrepreneurship or right? Yeah.
2: You are absolutely right, Mark. It's like sometimes you get caught in the moment from your, our own experiences growing up and where we've become adults. We know looking back we should have done this, taken this path, etc. But you have to find a balance because it's only 24 hours in a day. You're asking the kid to be a, a professional early on. They have to keep up with their academics the activities associated with their school academics. And, oh, by the way, they do have a home life as well. And I'm learning that as well because I'm a new, I'm a new dad, and I started exposing our own daughter to a lot of things early on. But I have to say, wait a minute. She's only, she was a baby. She was swimming at six months, enrolled in school early on, and had her doing French and other activities. <laughs> I'm scratching my head. Wait a minute, are you living vicariously through your child?
1: You step back.
2: <laughs> now we fast forward to more of a teenager. It's almost the same thing. And I think the challenge is trying to find that balance. And I'm not going to sit here and make believe that I'm an expert on that because we want the best for our kids. And right. sometimes we may feel subconsciously, if that makes sense, that if they do not partake in a particular activity or trade, for um, argument sake, that they, he or she could be missing out, as opposed yeah. to also allowing them the autonomy to figure things out. And I think the best approach I've come to learn is to guide them along through the process, expose them, but at the same time see where their interests may lie and encourage them to other opportunities rather than making them feel mandated, you need to do this, 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 and that. Yes, there are certain things that are required, but still allowed them to be a teenager. You know, you don't want to take that experience away from them. The other day in, in looking, getting ready for our call, you took me back, Mark. I was watching 16 Candles. Do you remember 16 <laughs> Candles, Molly I Ringwald? Sure I sure believe do. I sure do. Believe it or not, it's one of my favorite movies, believe it or it's
1: not. A <laughs> it's a great movie. It's
2: a classic. And it's I a looked classic. at that movie. I said, look at these teens. I said, they were living life. Some of them were working. You had a, a subset, a little bit of everything in there. And I said, that's what you want is that balance from 16 candles, whereas they can still have fun, but yet you have to guide them strategically, advising them what to anticipate where you do not want them to be challenged, but at the same time letting them fall on their knees in some cases so they can embrace adversity early on, but still allowing them that opportunity to grow and learn on their own without feeling as if they have to do
1: a script. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's so important, I think, what you said uh, about a little earlier about following their interests. You know, obviously, if you give them kind of a, a bigger menu of things to try so that they get to kind of find those things that sort of pulls them along, um, their confidence is going to be higher because they're going to find those things that they do better at. Just a real silly example, but when we were when my boys were really young, we started going to the library a lot. There's a lot of pressure for them to read at school. You know, got to read when you're like, right. you know, two months old. And uh, <laughs> I, I really kind of resisted that. And I said, well, let's just go to the library, and you guys get to peruse and get whatever you want. And the long term, I think, result of that is they became voracious readers when they were sort of ready to be voracious readers. And so allowing sort of that that menu of possibilities and then not being like you said, sort of living vicariously where you're sort of pushing certain your agenda on them there'll be a lot more enthusiasm about doing all of the things that they're sort of expected to do later. Well, I wanted to get one more question um, while we had time because I, I'm really interested uh, what you have to say about this, and I know that education is a, is a really important part of what, what you represent. You know, one of the things that Jen and I talk a lot about is, is sort of the changing world where it seems like college isn't necessarily the ticket anymore to success out in the, the job market, it seems like there's a, more of an entrepreneurial uh, road that more and more people are taking as adults. Oh, yeah. Do you see that uh, shifting a little bit, whereas working a job might even be a, a, a more direct route you know, for success for these kids in the modern world? Or do you think college and post-secondary uh, education is, is still the ticket?
2: Excellent question, Mark. I think it's relative to the individual. For instance, I think this goes deeper than a surface question, and I'll give you an example. Let's look at certain demographics. Certain demographics that are underrepresented in certain communities who have not been exposed. Their best bet, based on research, shows the more academia preparation they have, coupled with content development and trade experiences early on should help them by the time they get to college, and that's the track they should follow, if you want to say that's part of Common Core, whatever your disposition on that argument may be, versus others who may have resources at their disposal, or I should say more flexibility because of their economic status, that they have the autonomy to explore their trades early on and not take the college path and try to find out, hmm, is this something I want to do early on and venture on down the entrepreneurial path? So I think it's a two-pronged question, but it depends on what that individual circumstance may be. And that's the best way I can answer that, to be honest with you.
1: Well doc you you knocked it out of the park I mean really that's a tough question I think it's a whole show in itself but you you really made it concise and it, it what it really does is brings me back to my analogy of taking the kids to the library and it just, it, it just opens up a menu of possibilities. And that's how I saw college. It just opened up a world of possibilities for me because you take a lot, especially the first couple of years, you took, take a lot of general ed classes, and you're exposed to a lot of things that you might not have known that you were interested in and mm-hmm. gives you a lot more possibilities whether you choose to go down those roads or not. So making that available to all kids um, gives them the same opportunity to, to develop their skills. Dr. Bertrand, what a wonderful conversation it is. Uh, so nice to be able to talk to you. Is there anything that you could tell us? I mean, how do we track you down?
2: Uh, how do we find you? <laughs> well, Mark, you can call me anytime. But people <laughs> can always reach me via the thebertrandeducationgroup.com, and my email is info at, thebertrandeducationgroup.com, all one word. And they could also reach me via my business line, obviously, which is 855-437-3488, which is a toll-free number. Uh, I have a staff. We are always checking emails, messages. So the turnaround response time will be quick because we pride ourselves in customer service, and communicating with our constituent groups or potential clients, because you're the ones that allow us to do what we do, and we're grateful for that.
1: And, folks, that's uh, Dr. B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D, just to be clear if you're looking up Dr. Bertrand. Uh, find out what he's doing. Doc, I look forward to uh, keeping track of what's going on in your world. It's uh, so exciting and to, to finally talk to you.
2: Likewise, Mark, and I hope we get a chance to do this again with the limited time. There's so much more you and I can do together. So please, I was very honored. Keep me in mind, and let's keep the synergy going, my friend.
1: Sounds good, Doc. Have a great holiday.
2: You do the same. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.
1: Okay, bye-bye.
0: What a wonderful guy Dr. Bertrand is. It was so nice to finally uh, put a voice to a face. That's kind of an interesting way to put it. But uh, like I said, I've uh, been communicating with Dr. Bertrand for quite a while via social media and was looking forward to finally having a conversation with him. And what a great topic to discuss. Listen, if you've been thinking of ways to become an O-Shift for teens Workshop Kit Facilitator, now's the time. You can head over to OShift.com. Go to the Become a Facilitator tab and find out how easy it is and find out why people all over the world have become facilitators of this life-changing material. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Next week, I have an exciting interview with David Flood. He's a youth motivational speaker, and I'm so excited about that conversation coming up. Until then, have a happy and safe new year. All right, bye-bye.